Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I got involved with drugs, alcohol, uh, prostitution. I was just trying to find something to fill the void that was in my life. I thought maybe if I had more things or had more drugs Maybe that would be the solution, but it wasn't. It was a park similar to this right here, uh, occupied by homeless. And I remember that that Saturday morning, I had got up early, took a couple of hits of acid, tooted some coke, and I went for a walk in that county park in Battle Creek, Michigan. Here I was, a reject from the military. My third wife had walked out on me. And I just felt there's nothing else left but to commit suicide. But then there were some men in the park that day. They was witnessing to the homeless. And they were giving them these little testaments. And one of them came up to me. Had a big smile on his face. And he said, Do you know Jesus? And that young man, he took that little testament and he opened it and he showed me, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I personalized that. For God so loved Leroy Kennedy that he gave his only begotten son. Then he opened it to the book of Romans and he showed me how I can pray and ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. It was that day I prayed. I asked Jesus to forgive me. I asked him to come into my heart, clean up my life, and to make me somebody. And the Lord heard that prayer. And the Lord answered that prayer. And I want you to know I was instantly healed from my dependency of drugs. And I, the rehab centers didn't do it. But when I asked Jesus to come into my life, my life was cleaned up. And I was clear-headed of the drugs. And you know, for the first time, that void that I had been carrying around all of my life, all of a sudden it was... I felt like a new person. I, I felt whole. I felt complete. Amen. Amen. Leroy is a very close friend of mine. I've met him several times. That's not happy if you could just hear him talk and tell that testimony in person. Church, I want you to strap on your seat today. I'm going to be speaking pretty fast, 40 mile an hour wind across it. I'm going to blow you out of seats. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a guest here today, for my father owns this ministry. I'm only here for one reason, one reason only. I didn't come to take your offering. That's not the purpose. That's between you and the Lord. I came to tell you what he's doing. 
you need to know what Gideon's International is all about. Many of you have heard many speeches about the Gideon's or reports many times. It's usually somebody different, because I don't like to go back to the same church over and over and over, even in my local area in Hall County, because I need to hear a fresh voice. But there's only one voice we need to hear today that's fresh, and that's from Jesus. Man. So if you'll bow your heads right now, I want to clear things. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here at Hiptown Baptist Church, a place that I've never been to, dear Lord. You've been here many times. You're here all the time. You're with us anywhere we go. Heavenly Father, when we stray away from you, all we need to do is just turn around. You're right there facing us one-on-one. Just put everything at your feet, dear Lord, and you will take care of our needs. Today, I want you to speak through me. Take me out of it. I'm not part of this. It's all about you and this pastor and this church group. Thank you, dear Lord, for my brothers and sisters that I'm meeting for the first time today. We pray this in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Leroy's story is very important. I like to use this ministry, but sometimes when there's video, I like to use it because he tells it so much better than I can tell it. Prisons are a place where a lot of people need help. Thank for the gifts that you churches, churches provide that gives us the opportunity to have these testimonies. This is God's word. And I'm going to tell you something that might shock you. I personally, this is my opinion, I personally do not believe you can steal this book. Isaiah 55, 11 says, Wherever God's word goes, it will not return void. It will serve the purpose in which it is intended. Amen. He'll use it that way. Right. Just down the road in Gilbert County, Pat Shelton, six-year-old boy, father was an alcoholic. One day he wanted to impress his father. He went to the refrigerator, pulled out a can of beer. He couldn't quite get it open, so he got a spoon and popped the top. Ran into his father and said, Dad, I brought you a beer. His father said, no, son, you opened it, you drank it. He said it was the drunkest he'd ever been in his life at six years old. By the time he was 12, he was selling dope in school. By the time he was 18 years old out of school, he was pushing drugs, making all kind of money. He had it made until about 100 police got after him and two helicopters, and they caught him. He went to Gilbert County Jail. He was in and out of jail from the time he was 18 years old until he was 46 years old. I mean, spent many, many months in the county jail. Surprisingly, he didn't go to state prison. But every Saturday, Jack Case, Charlie Waters, and one other Gideon that's already passed on, they made an attempt to be there at that Gilmer County Jail every Saturday morning. And while Leroy was, I mean, while uh, uh, Pat was in jail, he noticed this Mr. Jack Case. He noticed it every time he would come every Saturday. And he would say the very same thing. I love you, and Jesus loves you even more. And passing out those testaments, he said, but when I turned 46 years old, I was back in prison again. I had hatred in my heart. I knew what I was doing. I enjoyed it. He said, but he walked directly up to me and looked me in the eye and said, you've been in here for a long time. You've been in and out of here so many times. I see you every time I come in here. I find you, you're in back in jail again. He said, would you do something for me? He said, I would love for you to take one of these testaments and read it. He said, I'll do that, Mr. Jack. <coughs> Leroy sat down in his cell one night and began to read this testament. He got over into the book of John. Something began to work on him. He said, if there is Jesus, Lord, I'm speaking to you if you're real. I've read that book. 
Peter and John and James, they were, they were good men, but I understand a little bit more about this Jesus. You seem to be a little different. If you can wipe out this hatred in my heart, this, this, this eating at me, you can take that away from me. I want to be a servant of God. With tears in his eyes, he bent down and he prayed that prayer and he accepted Jesus. Shortly after that, he was let out of jail again. He was paroled. When he stepped out, he said, Jesus, I will never come back to this jail again. You can guarantee that. Well, you see, one year to that day, that was not true. He had to return back. You see, he came ordained and became a minister. And he now serves for the last nine years the pastor of that jail on Sunday mornings Amen. and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights for the last nine years. And over 880 men have come to meet and, and take the Lord because of one testament and one Gideon that persisted. Amen. In North Carolina, Lester was a Gideon. He also was a Sunday school teacher in a small church. He had his Sunday school group, and a couple of uh, a couple came in that he didn't know, and they, they came to his class. And they came three or four times, and they'd skip a week or two, and eventually they didn't come at all. And so he went and visited them. And when he went there, he visited with them, but they didn't show back up. And, and I guess the interest just fell off. He <coughs> forgot about it. But in a couple of years later, he had a connection in the paper in Florida. And he read this name of this guy put on death row. It was the same name of this guy that he knew there that had been coming to church back a couple of years. So he inquired into it and he got in his automobile and drove 800 miles to Florida to visit this man. And he was the very man he knew. But they said, uh, he's on death row, said you can't visit with him. But as he was walking back out to his car, one of the guys came up and tapped him on the shoulder. He said, yes, you drove this far. He said, I'm going to give you permission to visit with him. Well, when he visited with him, he told him, he said, I don't want to talk to you. I can't believe you drove 800 miles to come talk to me. He said, well, only thing you could do is slid a little testament into him. And about two weeks later, he got a letter from him. From the prison and he, he had wrote him a letter and he said I can't believe you drove all this way but I've read this Bible and I, I've, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior well about six weeks later he got another letter in that letter he says if you're reading this letter right now I'm probably not on this earth anymore I've gone home to be with Jesus you see he was executed for the crimes of, 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 of this law of this land but I want to let you know that before I left, there's 46 more of them know Jesus now because of what Amen. I spoke of. So one testament led to 47. Can you see how manifest God takes something and, and, and uses it? And as he said, we don't take a dime. We don't take a dime to come and do this. We do it on our own. We're called out in this ministry. Just like your pastor is called out to be a pastor. I'm called out to be a Gideon. And I'm telling you, church, you're called out too. Every one of you is given a talent. Amen. We can't all be pastors. can't all be Gideons. can't all be deacons. can't all drive the church bus, play the piano, play the guitar, lead a song, teach a Sunday school class. 
be a, a welcomer, be the secretary. We can't all do those jobs, but together we do it all. But you have a talent. And you say, well, what would my talent would be if I can't do any of those? You can pray. Amen. You can go visit the sick. And I'll close here real quickly in about one minute. But I want to say one thing about what he was just talking about to you about Easter Sunday and inviting people. If you invite them, you can go one step further than just call them up and invite them. You can also offer to go that Sunday and bring them with you. Which Man. means you know they are here. <laughs> so that's a, be a taxi cab for them. Show them the interest that you love them. That you wanted to be a part of that Sunday. And, and that's Amen. most of the time, Easter Sunday and Christmas is about the only time some of them will ever be here, and many never do. And those statistics, my pastor just preached about it last month. Real quick, very few points I want to get across real quickly. One is prayer. I mentioned that. Secondly, thank you for the offerings that you've given to the Gideons and endowed us to use around the world. Thirdly, is if you have a card back there, use it. That helps us get more Bibles out. And fourthly, if there's a business professional man sitting in this office, in this room today, you're a born again believer in Jesus Christ. And if you're not, there'll be an altar call time. Be thinking about what the Lord wants you to do besides talking about being a Gideon. We want people to believe in the Holy Bible and that the pastor would recommend you. Come on board and help us out. Because right now, there's 7.1 million Bibles on back order at Gideon's International and National waiting for offers to come in to get those Bibles shipped out. And today there's 41 churches has a speaker standing before the congregations in this county alone. And of course there's many others in the state and around, around the United States. We're not lonely out here by ourselves. But as, as I said, we all do our part. So please think about what you want to do today in the love offering to Jesus. And let's see more people come to know Jesus. Because that's what we're supposed to be, disciples. Amen. Acts 1.8 told them where to go. Amen. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. That's saying your hometown, your state, your nation, and the rest of the world. Amen. Thank God that Paul went into Macedonia and got into Europe. And he came from England. And now we have that here in America. So we need to keep that cycle going. Because, you know, you only live about 75 or 80 years if you're lucky. There's new generations coming along. There's a new generation starting right there. Your grand, grand, grandson, I guess. We got to keep, you know, we don't live forever. But we need to keep pushing it down to each generation and keep this ministry going around the world. Right now, I want to ask the pastor to come up. I want to give him a, a gift here. A little something I want to present, a card to your church. I'm placing five hotel Bibles in the name of your church. And then I want to give you a, a what we call a slimline Bible. <coughs> Sometimes you get out into your area doing your ministry work, you don't have your full-size Bible, or, you know, you have a shirt pocket. You right. have a back pocket. Always keep God's word on you. A pastor and a Gideon should always have a Bible. If I don't have one, I gave it away. I mean, I'll be back to the car and get another. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a need to ask a question, after service, come talk to me. Amen. Thank you.
Psalm chapter 63. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands.
this morning. Yes. God, how we already feel you in this place. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you for this time to come and sing praise and glory to you. God, I pray as we go through the rest of this service, God, that we would focus our hearts and our minds on your word and your truth. God, that we would learn more about you. God, and strengthen that relationship with you, God, that we have. And I pray that if someone is here, God, and does not have that relationship, God, that today would be the day that they choose Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 what I've enjoyed the service thus far. I'm glad that we can understand, and I hope we all understand how much we do need God, right? How much we need Christ. And, uh, you know, I'd like for us just to, uh, even as we begin, uh, this is, I, well, we kind of messed up a little bit. I, I was going to show the first video and say a little bit and then have our prayer like we always pray. You know what I did? I didn't do it. And you say, we're running out of time. But you know what? We need him, right? Yeah. And Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Right. And I'd just like to ask, Elisa, if you'll just play a little something. Just anyone that'd like to, everyone that will, let's just come on by and let's just pray before we preach this morning. Everyone that will, let's just pray before we preach this morning. Showing up to 
praise your name. I just pray that no glory be given to anybody here but you, God. Because your presence is working mightily today. Just draw people to you, please. I just want to thank you so much just for all you've done in my life and those around me. I want to thank you so much just giving your life for us. That we can be here today, God. Surrendering our lives to you. In your perfect, beautiful, loving Son, Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We're going to be looking this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And as we've uh, already heard uh, uh, our brother Stan Wright uh, share the work of the ministry of the Gideons, you know, the whole purpose, uh, their, their whole thrust is getting God's word out. And really, we're going to look at God's word this morning out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. In 2 Timothy, Paul talks to Timothy, and he begins there in chapter 3, and he begins to share with him how bad things are going to be at the end times when, when things come uh, to an end. Uh, you know, he starts out, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will become lovers of themselves. And then he just continues uh, to share the things that people are going to be engulfed in. I tell you what, that sounds like today, doesn't it? You know, today, people love themselves more than anything else. We seek pleasure. We seek uh, everything about us. It goes on down in verse 5, and he says, having the form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, everybody wants to act like they're godly, but they deny the power of God. They deny what that God really has the authority over their life. You know, you can get on Facebook and get on social media, and you can say, pray for me about something. All these folks will say, oh, you know, also... And really never, but they're never surrendering to what God would have them do. They're denying his power. They're denying his authority. He goes on down and talks about, in verse 6, that they're led away by various lusts. You know, isn't that where so many people are today? Being led away? You know, this really kind of, this, this opening paragraph really kind of sums up where we are in America today. But Paul does not end there. You know, it's not that we have to get caught up in all this. He comes back and he begins to share with Timothy how he can have a victorious Christian life. And I don't know about you, but I want to experience victory in Jesus today. Do you? I, I don't want to be defeated in the world all the time. And you know, if we are in this world, we are going to have battles. We are going to have struggles. But I'm ready to live victorious. Are you? I don't, I'm not ready to be kicked down. and I'm ready to live victorious. And Paul shares that with Timothy, what he can do. And we're going to begin reading in verse 10. We'd like to ask everyone that will in honor of God's word. Let's stand and let's read together. Beginning with verse 10. The Bible says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, Afflictions which have happened to me at uh, Antioch, Iconium, Lustra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Paul starts out and he said, Timothy, you know what all's happened to me, right? And God has delivered me. Go on down to verse 12. Yes, 
And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Let's read that verse one more time. That's not a big selling point, is it? You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, listen, you know, live for Jesus. Everything's going to be good. Paul just told the truth. Let's read that verse one more time. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You know what I was just now kind of thought about something? If you're not suffering persecution, you know what you must not be doing? You must not be living godly and living for Christ Jesus. Can you say amen right there? Right? Listen, let me read that verse one more time. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's all pray. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you would just work in this place, God. Give us desire, God, to read your word more. God, give us desire to know more about you. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we'll all leave this place loving you more. God, that we'll leave this place, Lord, closer to you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, as we look in this passage, we are going to look at God's word. And I think we can see in this, in this passage, three things here concerning God's Word. And we're just going to jump right in at the beginning. Uh, let's first, let's jump out of verse 15. The, uh, I think we can see that Scripture, God's Word, prepares for salvation. What did the Bible say in verse 15? And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You know, for us, we can see that the Bible, God's Word, makes us wise to salvation. There's only one way that any of us can know how to get to heaven. And you know how that is? It's through what the Bible says. And that's it. That we can, our, the only way we can be assured of our eternity is through what Scripture said. Only through the Bible do we know that God demonstrated His love toward us, that while we were still sinners... Jesus died for us. We only know that Christ loved us and died for us, giving, paying our price for our sin because of Scripture. You know, because of that reason, we should be, it, uh, the Bible, we should count as important, shouldn't we? You know, here, th uh, through the Bible, we know God's plan for forgiveness. It's uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints of the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, the God's Word, it's, the, it's what can give life. As we heard in this testimony earlier, the couple of testimonies that were shared, what was it that changed their life? It was God's Word. You know, for us, if we want our life changed, you know what we need to do? We need to get in God's Word. God's Word gives life. It is by God's Word we can understand and know, become wise 
to salvation. But I think if we continue, the second thing, Scripture is given by inspiration. Scripture is there for salvation, for wisdom for salvation. It prepares for salvation. And Scripture is given by inspiration. What did verse 16 say? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know what that means? That word inspiration actually in the Greek comes back and it means God breathed. I just tell you what. When things are going wrong in my life, you know what I need to know? I need to know what God thinks about things. When things are going right in my life, you know what I need to know? I need to know what God thinks about things. Before I make a major decision in my life, you know what I need to know? I need to know what God thinks about things. And if you don't, you're living very foolishly. If you knew somebody that knows what the outcome is going to be, wouldn't you want to ask them and say, should I go into this thing or not? Doesn't that just seem wise? To, know, to ask someone who knows all? Here, we can see that it was the Scripture was given by inspiration of God. It was God-breathed. And you know, for us today, we need to understand that the Bible is God's Word. It, was, it is inspired. I believe every word of the Bible. I believe every word of the Bible is God's Word. And I don't want to get caught up on debating as far as translation and stuff, let me just say this. When Jesus said, not one jot or one tittle of my word will pass away, you know what I believe he meant? Not one jot or one tittle. I believe God can keep his word pure. Don't you? Amen. You know, I believe it doesn't matter who's doing the translating. And I think you need to get you a Bible that you can read and understand. And you know what you need to do? You need to read it. Why? Because it's God's Word. It's inspired by Him. Peter went on and he, uh, the, he talked about that a little bit more in 1 Peter chapter, or 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, So we have the prophetic Word confirmed, which you do well to know your pull for Georgia Tech, right? So anyway, you know, right? That has nothing to do, I mean, but y'all, y'all, I mean, it seems humorous, but that isn't that what people do? You know, it's not about, it's not a private interpretation, but let's go a little further. It says, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. You know, God moved on people. And he directed them. Here in the Greek, as it talks about God being moved, it's the same uh, type language. It's the same type meaning as, as a wind blows a ship and moves it wherever it needs to go. John, help, help, help me out. Stand up here. John, you got, you got your Bible right there. I want you to take it to Anthony. You know, as you're taking that Bible, you carrying the Bible with Anthony. And let's, let's go right here. Can you give this Bible to Anthony? And you know what? Tell me this. Now go ahead. You see it right now. Well, you, you get back to him. Don't do it anyway. Tell me this. Who carried the Bible? John. John. Who decided where, how it went? 
and where it moved? Me. You know, God had men, holy men. They were the ones writing the Bible. Right? But who was moving them on what to write? It was God. Right? You know, we can see. We can see that Scripture is there. It prepares for salvation. Scripture is by inspiration. God breathed. He was the one. But then I think the third and last. Scripture facilitates transformation. Scripture facilitates transformation. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, as we look here in this passage, we can see transformation, can't we? We can see that the Bible will change your life if you'll just read it and follow what it says. What did it say? The Bible is profitable, first of all, for doctrine. What is doctrine? You know, it's the teaching of God, isn't it? It's His instruction. It's what God is teaching. It's the precept that's taught by God. It's God's truth. It's valuable for reproof or profitable for reproof. You know, what is a reproof there? In the Greek, it goes back, it's a proof. It's something that to convince someone that something is true. You know, we can have doctrine, know what God is teaching. We can have reproof to make sure that what we're thinking is correct. But it goes on further than just uh, intellectually us knowing what's correct. It has to do, that word in the Greek has to do with conviction. It has to do with dealing with sin in our life and dealing with sin in the lives of others. God's Word will teach us God's truth. It will deal with the sin in our life. You know what? If we spend time reading our Bible, God's Word will deal with the sin in your life. You ever been there? Pick up the Bible and begin to start reading like, I, I wish I hadn't started reading that passage. Huh? Right? Because I was happy with that sin. And now God's wanting me to deal with it. Anybody ever been there? Huh? Right? God's Word, it teaches you His truth. It brings on conviction. It, 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 it reproves you. It goes on in correction. You know, this correction here, in the Greek, has to do with restoration, restoring people to a right state. That's the, the third thing, is restoration, correcting error in people's lives. You know, that's what God's Word does. It corrects error in our lives. But then next thing it says, instruction in righteousness. It teaches us, it directs us how we should live. It has to do with training you know, just uh, actually yesterday, I bought a tomato plant. You say it's too early to plant tomatoes. Well, you, I'm going to have to keep it in the house a while. But anyway, <laughs> you know, when you plant a tomato plant, you have to train it, right? Which way to grow. You know, God's Word is should be training us on how we should live. Training us how? Not in righteousness how we should live. The Bible goes on and it says that the man of God may be completely, uh, complete, thoroughly equipped 
for every good work. You know the Bible? Everything you need to know to live for God is in the Bible. Everything. And you say, oh, but they didn't have computers when the Bible was going on. They didn't have this. They didn't have, you know, they might not have had computers, but the Bible and pornography as such, but the Bible talks about living and controlling your lust, right? It talks about adultery. It talks about everything that we need to know if we just get in the Bible and study. You know, I, as I was talking, actually, I guess Wednesday night or Thursday, or one day I was talking to Skip, and he was asking me what we was going to preach, and I said, you know, we're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at how it's inspired. And I don't know that there's anybody here that I've got to try to convince that the Bible is God's Word. You know, other places that might not be the case. I don't know that I've got to convince anybody today that if you read the Bible, you'd know what God's truth was. If we knew what was in the Bible, that we would know that this is the way God would have us live. So my thrust today is not to try to get you to determine that yes, I've settled it in my heart, God, what the, the Bible is, God's Word. Because I think probably most people already have that settled in their heart. But you know what my thrust today is? My challenge for you today is if God's Word really gives salvation, if what this man said about these lives that had been changed, if, if he was really telling the truth, if it's really true, if God's Word is really inspired by the creator of this universe. If God's word can change our life where we can live more like Christ, why don't we read it? That's the thrust. Why don't we read it? You know, we'll give money to buy Bibles for somebody else to read. We'll give money and we'll Tell other people, you need to read your Bible. You know what we need to do? You know what I need to do? I need to spend more time reading God's Word. Amen. <laughs> the more time I spend with God reading His Word, the more like Him I'm going to be. Why? Because it will transform my life. It will have that instruction. It will have that doctrine. It will have that reproof. It will correct me. If I spend more time with him reading his word. You know, we talked about this, the big invite. <laughs> inviting people. And, and I don't want to let that go. We need to continue. But you know, for us today, if we spend more time reading his word, we'd realize that without Christ, people are going to hell. Jesus has said, go into all the world. Spread the gospel. Baptize them. Raise them up in my doctrine. We need to spend time in God's word today. You know, this morning, first, even as we had this service today, if God spoke to you and you realized you don't know him, 
And God spoke to you, and you know, you realize that you're away from Him. We're going to have a time, uh, a, a hymn. We're going to have a time of prayer and a hymn. And then the altar will be open. We'd love to speak to you more about coming back to Christ. But you know, today, the challenge for us is, for the people today, will you make a commitment to spend more time reading the Bible? Will you make a commitment to daily reading the Bible? I don't think we grasp in our mind that it is God's Word. It's Him speaking to us. You know, for me, when I go to the post office and I open my post office box, I usually get all the mail out. And usually when I get back to the truck, I kind of flip through and see while I was there. And you get all the sale papers, I kind of lay them to the side. You get all the mail, which we call junk mail stuff that you really didn't want, and I kind of lay them to the side. But you know, if I've got a letter from somebody, especially if it's somebody I care about, I don't just lay it to the side and I think, well, I'll get to it next week. And when I get one and it looks like it's a check, I don't just throw it off to the side and think, well, you know, when I have time, you know what I do? I open it up. And I say, what does this have for me? You know, the Bible is God's letter to us. And why do we, so many of us, Throw it off to the side and never look at it from week to week. In our life today, I think we'll be held more accountable in America than any other time in history. Today, Bibles are so readily available in America. probably more available in America than anywhere else, and we're probably the most illiterate when it comes to the Bible of any country in the world. Got it on your phone. You can get it to read to you. And I do a lot. Let, them, let it read to me. Or you spend time in God's Word. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray today. That today, Lord, Lord, I just pray that we would have a desire, God, to know more about you. God, that we would understand and realize in our heart that, God, you've provided the Bible. God, the creator of the universe, you've provided your word, God-breathed, inspired, that we might live a victorious life, especially as times get rough. God, put a yearning in our heart to know more about you. God, that we would daily spend time. Lord, it wouldn't be a chore. But God, we yearn for that time to be able to read your word and hear from heaven. God, transform our lives, God.
through your work. Lord, I just pray. Lord, that each one of us in this place will commit and read your word. Lord, your word contains the words of life. The words of our eternal destiny. Lord, I pray you'd speak to hearts today. Lord, draw people to make a commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. God spoke to your heart. The altar is open. If you need to come pray, you want to come commit. Whatever your commitment will be, trust Christ. Read God's word more. Whatever your need is, come sing. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.